This is the best one, though. The best. Where are average things manufactured? <laughs> the satisfactory. <laughs> I like that. Oh, there's more. I'll stop with that. I don't want to use them all up. I saved some for camp. Welcome back to another episode of Run for Your Life. Um, tonight I will be solo hosting as Mark will be one of the individuals that we'll be interviewing. I think this is episode 20, I believe. We took a little bit of a break um, with the holidays and everything, and a, a whole lot has happened since then. Um, but tonight's focus on our episode, we are going to talk to a handful of people about a race that they did back in November called the Rim to River 100 Miler. Um, so tonight we will have, we have Ryan Kidweiler, Katie Thompson, Meg Roke. 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 <laughs> Say it. Roke. Roke. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. James Munnis and then Dr. Mark. So all of these individuals took on the Rim to River 100 Mile Race. Um, it was actually the inaugural race down in the New River Gorge of West Virginia. Um, and so we'll get a little bit of insight from them for... The majority of them, it was their first 100-miler. Um, I think Ryan is the only exception. He's done a 100-miler before, but he had an incredible PR at that race, so we'll hear a little bit about that. Um, so I'll just dive in. And so my first question is for Katie. So I, as far as I know, I think you were the first one of the group to sign up. So how did you hear about it, and what made you want to sign up for this race? Yeah, so I was actually at Snowshoe on a ski lift, and my friend John Logar told me that West Virginia was going to have its first 100-miler. And he likes to give me a hard time in all the right ways. And I said, oh, well, that's, that's cool, but I'm never doing a 100-miler. And, uh, and he said, we, I'm going to make fun of you a lot more if you don't even try, so you may as well sign up. So that's all I needed <laughs> to get me to, to sign up. And then I talked to Meg about it, my sister, and convinced her and then it was kind of a domino effect oh yeah and i forgot to mention so meg is katie's older sister um and meg has six children i believe right six um and so meg once you signed up uh after hearing that katie had well what prompted you to ever want to do 100 miles first and then i also am curious how the hell you train for a 100 mile race having six kids <laughs> um well, I, I signed up. Katie had, had talked to me about the Rim to River. So she's like, you know, this is, and I'd wanted to do one for a while. So she's like, this is the one we should do. Um, and I guess I I ran, I never thought I could do it, a 100-mile race. Um, and then I volunteered at Miner's Lady a few years ago. And I saw all these people doing, what is that, a six-hour endurance? That's eight hours. An eight-hour endurance race. And I thought, I could do this. I, I, I can do this. So then I signed up for JFK, which got me to my first 50. And then after I did that, a year later, I did my first 100K. And then that was, you know, the 100 miler was the next step. So, Natural progression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so. and so actually, I will pause and ask about your training. And I will hear from each individual about how they decided to sign up so then mark and james how did you all hear about it and what made you guys decide that you actually wanted to run 100 miles because that's not a distance that you just kind of yeah i'll sign up for that <laughs> gosh uh this is mark um i don't know how it came up i think i was kind of like really bummed katie and i had worked really hard on freedom's run and logistics and trying to get that approved and you know obviously coronavirus won that race <laughs> and so we had to cancel 
and I asked, I just kind of asked Katie, kind of walked in the store, kind of dejected one day, you know, do you have anything, you know, that you're going to do this year since everything's canceled? And, and uh, she was kind of keeping it close to self. Um, she's like, yeah, I, you know, I signed up for this 100-mile race, you know, first one in West Virginia. And I hadn't even heard of it. I think that was like maybe August or something. And um, so I went home and like went to the website <laughs> and, and I, you know, kind of gave myself a, a 30 minutes of, uh, you know, mental clarity and, and I, hit the, I hit the submit button. No, wait, important question. Had you had a glass of wine before? Oh, I had a glass of wine every night, so, so that probably... It was 10 o'clock that I got the text that you Yeah, I think that was the day so. I talked to you. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, so I just hit the submit button. You know, I think all of us were looking. We were all kind of, you know, everything I was going to do last year was canceled, too. And uh, without needing to do any logistics for Freedom's Run, it opened up a little bit of time to actually run myself. So, so I said, okay, why not? You know, my friends were going, and it's, it's you know, why, why not give, you, give it a go? And then, you know, my, my next email was to the gentleman sitting to my left. So, <laughs> or text, I don't know what it was. Yeah, this is James. Uh, he texted me and... It was funny. I said, oh, there's no way. That, but I, it wasn't until the next day I really looked at it and saw where it was. I had never been to that part of West Virginia. It's just incredible. Uh, so I saw a lot of pictures that looked good. He, then I get a text like while I'm doing that, hey, I've got a cabin. We can all stay there. Everything's set. <laughs> so next thing you know, you know, I write because everything, like he's mentioned, had been canceled. I had trained, I think, for like 15 different events. And every time, you know, Two, one, two months prior, you get the email, you know, so I'm just just looking for something. I said, well, I, you know, 100 miles, that can cover, you know, a couple marathons, a few 10Ks, yeah. <laughs> all in you one day. You can get all of your races in one go. <laughs> so if it happens, I, I made up for all that training anyway. So, But uh, we had, he had told me all the people he, that were thinking of going, and uh, I just was looking forward to, you know, a big tribe, uh, tribal movement as if we were moving across the plains to follow the buffalo 100 miles. <laughs> and that's kind of how I looked at it, the, even when I was running. That, that was kind of the thing. It's like, you know, I'm doing what they did back in the day, you know. So Chasing down your food. And it, it is all about <laughs> the station, cabin. You know, if you have a cabin with a hot tub and with a the grill, hot tub. Oh, you yeah. know, the running is, oh, sure, I can run. I just want to go hang out with the cabin. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. But just the thought of it really got me in, in the mindset to, well, you know, I guess this is going to be it, the first 100 miles. More of an adventure than <coughs> the actual movement. 100. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, I feel like your story is a little bit different. So what prompted you to sign up for this race? <laughs> yeah, so I was probably one of the last people to sign up. I think I got off the wait list like two weeks before the race, maybe. Um, and so I actually had a race, a 100-miler that I was doing the month before um, that I had been training for. Uh, called the Twat 100 down in Virginia. Um, it's 112 miles with 30,000 feet of climbing, so kind of completely different from what Rim to River ended up being. Um, but so that race didn't go well. I ended up dropping at mile 75. And so I was pretty pretty upset afterwards um, and really just, I needed a redemption run. And I said, well, I was, I was planning on going down to Rim to River anyway to volunteer and help out, so I might as well just sign up. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like I said, I ended up getting off the wait list like two weeks before, so I didn't really get to train for it. I was pretty much just recovering from my 75 miles <laughs> the month before. Um, but yeah, it ended up being really fun. It went really well. 
and uh, yeah, I had never really been down to that area, um, at least to run. Um, so it was also, you know, just a good, good way to check out the area and explore something new. And the previous run of 75 miles was a good last training run, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> last, yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. different, but a yeah, a good training run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. And so now I am very curious about how everyone approached their training, because I feel like everyone's kind of at different places when they're looking to sign up and everything. So maybe like I had mentioned, Meg, we could start with you about how you uh, approached your training, especially with having six kids. And it, if I remember correctly, you just finished school, correct? Yeah, 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 I, I um, went back to school for occupational therapy and graduated in this, a year ago, December, okay. so December 2019. So how did you incorporate all of that into training for 100 miles? Because I feel like it's not something that you can just go out for an hour or so on the weekends sort of run. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the weekdays are actually the harder ones because you got to get those shorter runs in. So you got to get up, you know, at five or whatever to get the those runs in you know your your five to ten mile runs and then the weekends are basically just you're just gone and running <laughs> you go out for four to seven hours and run on a Saturday and that's your your weekend but you just kind of tell your husband I'm gonna be gone yeah you can take care of everything you can cook you can drive kids everywhere <laughs> yeah well COVID probably helped because there wasn't anything else to do so I didn't have to get kids to soccer games or uh-huh. anything like that so um so it was all a blessing, really. Yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> and so, Katie, how did you approach your training? Since you had, from the very beginning last year, had signed up for it. So I imagine you had more of like a streamlined goal. Yeah, well, I had, it was supposed to be a huge year for me with races. I had so many big goals and I was so excited. And then just one by one, my soul was getting crushed as race after race after race got canceled, as it did for everybody. And so... I didn't I don't think I really hit me that I was even training for a hundred miler until probably August when I I saw Mark and I had been doing long runs or whatever but at that point I was like oh okay I guess I should probably really start doing more long runs on weekends and uh yeah I mean I ran a lot with you which was fun (laughs) we did some 30s I mean we never did anything over 30 miles and um There were just a, a few fun runs, I guess, in between that I did that helped to train. Uh-huh. Um, but it was it was fun training, for sure. I never did any night running or anything like that. And did that impact the race at all? Do you feel like if you had done it that it might have helped a little? or? Uh, if I had done night running? Uh-huh. No, I would have equally hated running at <laughs> night just as much. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Um, so Mark and James, now did you all train together or how did you all approach this training? Did you have much of a regimented program that you followed or was it kind of get what you can in? I'll let, I'll let James go first on his, on uh, his I think we had similar approaches. It was just, a, I mean, we'd been again training for stuff that, like Katie said, just kept getting canceled. So we'd just been running consistently you know five six days a week and it wasn't super tons of mileage but every now and then you know you go up to the Appalachian Trail or or you know we have so many excellent trails around here and you just run for time you know say hey, well I'm going to go out for an hour and a half or so and then run back or, or whatever uh, but it was I think that my mindset was that I had done enough mileage that you know if I take a week off 
uh, prior and don't run at all, that I should be able to crawl crawl in under the time. <laughs> but I did. I actually I, something I've never done before. I trained. I did a lot of hiking to train for this because I don't normally hike that much. And uh, so I actually mixed in a lot of hiking with my running. You know, a thirty-minute hike and then hour run or whatever. So that that was the only difference for me. Yeah. Which is probably smart because I feel like, especially with 100 milers, there's a good bit of walking involved. Fast walk. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can walk fast, you're golden. <laughs> and so, Mark, how did you approach this all? I, I feel yeah, like your like, schedule's chaotic. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah kind of like Jane. I, I, I looked at it like um, I'm 54 and I've been running since I was 13 years old. And That's a maybe solid since base. I was four <laughs> years old, you know, being an unmedicated you know, hyperactive child. <laughs> so I figured I had enough miles under my legs. And if I could do like half the half the long runs that, that Katie and Meg did, you know, half the distance would be good. But James and I, we had a great, uh, probably our, our best long run was we did the virtual uh, Boston Marathon on the Freedoms Run course. And that was wonderful because this, this would have been Freedoms Run's tw 12th or 13th year, 12th year. And I'd never actually run the marathon course because <laughs> we're always working it. So James, Laura, uh, Laura Bergman and I went out and ran that course. That was 26 miles. But I, you know, I did the math that it was 32 hours, and, and you know, like James was saying, like uh, I've done a lot of hiking and long, you know, really long hikes, you know, multi-day things, and, and I could just keep moving somehow. And it, you always go, always going pretty good, like with trail running. Then I broke my broke my toe in half running in sandals on the, on the Appalachian Trail. That set me back about a month because I really couldn't run from, you know, anything other than maybe five or six super easy miles from all of August. But I think it just goes if you have a base of fitness for your whole life you just need to show up that day and keep moving forward and I, I knew i probably could do that but you just don't know until that day you gotta you know it's what makes it fun you have you have no idea how it's going to turn out until you go and and you could completely crash or it might work so that's what makes it fun. Yeah. So and luckily, there was 100% success So being under-trained was safer, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it was full-on COVID at my hospital. So, I mean, I had no time to do anything other than maintenance in the morning before work. And, yeah. you know, maybe a little on weekends that we would usually do anyway. Uh-huh. And just, uh, you know, trust trust a life of running <laughs> to get you through. Yeah. I feel like you've probably put in more miles on your feet than the average human. Yeah, so I have that's a, probably I, plenty I probably of training. I have 140,000 <laughs> miles in my legs. <laughs> 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 I, don't how many, I don't know how many, like, how far is the circumferential of the globe? <laughs> so I've run around the globe multiple times, times. Since, since <laughs> that should be sufficient training really so i think that's okay <laughs> and it worked out really well and then don't fall <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's the big thing and breaking your feet again or yes. your toes <laughs> yes wear shoes shoes yeah. are a good idea on the trail <laughs> for 100 miles 100 miles <laughs> and so ryan your training approach was a little bit different like you said because you were just in recovery so how did you find that that worked out for you like did it was it hard going into it after doing 70 some miles or were you kind of fresh and recovered from a taper? Yeah, I think um, I was surprised by how recovered I felt. Um, I didn't really do much running between that 75 miles and the race. So I, yeah, I, th I think I was recovered pretty well. Um, the weird thing was like, like I said, the race was completely different than the than the 100 miler that I attempted. Um, it was a lot, the, f the first one was a lot more climbing. Um, so like, like James said, I was doing a lot of hiking as well for that. 
um, a lot of like steep, slow hiking. So I kind of had to get my legs back into, you know, actually, run, <laughs> actually running. Um, but it worked. It worked fine. I had a good day. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about how it went for everyone. Um, but before that, I just want to kind of go around and ask everyone also, what was one of your biggest takeaways from running your first hundred miler? Like, was it everything that you expected? Was it so much worse was a total suck fest <laughs> will you do another one <laughs> so we can start with katie i'll well if you had asked me this on november 9th i would say <laughs> absolutely not i will never do another one ever again um but i'm already signed up for another one so <laughs> that changed quickly um it was it definitely was what i was expecting i was a little disappointed with myself um as you know since you ran 45 miles with me um, I kind of let the, the suck fest get to me a little more than I had wanted to. Um, so that was a great takeaway for me was to, to let, let myself under, like push myself to be happier and just like, I paid for this. So you may as well try and enjoy the last 10 hours. <laughs> and to be fair, I feel like when you're 60 some miles into a race, you're allowed to feel shitty and not be in the best mood. <laughs> so that's expected. <laughs> and how about you for, for you, Meg? Um, I don't know. It, it all seems kind of rosy now. I'm sure it's not as like happy as I remember, but um, it was, it, it was overall, it was really good. Like, I don't really, I don't really remember having any, I mean, there were definite moments of like, I just want to be done like there was a lot of that but there wasn't anything like you know forget this I'm going home I don't you know there was never any thought of leaving uh -huh. but definitely wishing it would hurry up and be over <laughs> so you never wanted to just stop and quit no that's good no I I was convinced that their miles were off quite a few times <laughs> surely I'm further than 60 miles yes <laughs> but was there any key takeaway that you learned from it No, it was it was awesome, and I'd do it again. Um, I think it was a really good first. Mm -hmm. The course was a really good first hundred mile. Why is that? Um, because it's a, it was a good balance of like elevation and and um, mix of, of surfaces, and uh -huh. the, the trails were nice and and um, they weren't rocky and rooty mm -hmm. like they are here. They were, you know, kind of smooth and. Um, you know, you just said there was there was because we'd have bits that were kind of flattish, I guess. And then you'd run that for a while. And then all of a sudden you get like an uphill or a downhill and your legs were just like, ah. Oh. Uh -huh. So it's good so, variety. Yeah. Yeah. So your legs are never stuck in the same pattern for exactly. a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, and so, Mark, was there any key takeaways that you learned from this race? Well, yeah, I mean, this is something way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I come from a shorter distance. Maybe marathon would be, you know, more track racing, road racing. And so to, like, multiply that by four was something I'd never had done some 50s and stuff, and comrades, but it was, it was definitely different. And, uh, you know, I didn't know if I could, you know, keep going that long. You know, it's this unknown territory, and... I think uh, uh, my friend Bill Bondron, who was like our crew, and he probably saved my life because he was right there where you needed him. You know, so crew is so important. And I, you know, I finished with 30 minutes under the 32, so I didn't have a lot of margin. Yeah. It was 32 hour cuts. So Katie and Meg were already had a shower and you know <laughs> had lunch and <laughs> breakfast and you know 
were still there. So <laughs> so they were long long in the barn. I didn't have much margin, but you know, Bill Bill uh, after the race, he's and I, and you guys witnessed. So so I had two uh, vagal syncopes after the race. So so like I left more out there in that event than I think any event I've ever done in my life. Do you want to tell us what that is? Because I have no yeah, idea. So what a that vagal means. <laughs> a vagal syncope means like pretty. you go down. Right, like some reason you're just you can't even hold your blood pressure. You just stand up and you go down. So I did that, and you all witnessed. I did that twice, and I was uh, scared the crap out of you all. But then, uh, you know, fortunately, my friend uh, Chrissy, who's medical, raised my legs, and it's cool. You know, put me to bed, give me some salt. But but you know, I left I left a lot out there, yeah. uh, more than I've ever left on a course before. But um, you know, Bill, uh, like a day later, he said, uh, I never saw quit in your eyes. Because, like, he was there at, at the stations. I had my sh foot was bloodied, and Aww. I could hardly fit in my shoe. I had to change out shoes at, like, 95 miles. So the last five were, like, you guys know, the last five were mismarked. That was, like, 10 <laughs> miles. I was like, yeah, that was not five miles. No, I was like, no, there's not. I'm like, this is five miles. I've been out here freaking, like, for another two hours. This is not five miles. But, um. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so he, I think that, you know, and he's a Marine, so he's he's seen quit in people's eyes, you know, as yeah. a Marine deployed in, in Iraq, and, I, you know, you kind of look in someone's eyes, and you know when, when they're about done, and so, and that just was the focus, and, you know, I had, I had friends out there, and, uh, you know, my friend Chrissy paced me from 23 on, and she kept me going, you know, and then James had Susie, so you kind of, like, have that person that is just, can help your brain you know at that point you haven't slept in two days so kind of you can turn your brain off a bit and just follow your friend uh -huh. and just tell yourself you're moving forward so I, yeah I, I learned something like I learned that I could do that I don't know if I having those two syncopes I don't know if that was necessarily a healthy thing to do that uh -huh. but but so I did what that. causes that exactly uh, it's you know it's you're just, just you're drained right yeah. you're just completely drained I'm sure I probably you know I don't I'm not a hundred mile runner. You, you all are so much more experienced. I probably had some electrolyte mm. mismatch. I mean, you try your best to balance salt and fluid over 31 hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you do the math, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you just yeah. stand up and you're just done. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, honestly, not to take away from anyone's, but I feel like that takes a whole lot more grit, almost, to have to like suffer through like. A, lo a whole lot longer than if you're done, you know, within 20 some hours and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, and pain does it too. I mean, you saw, I think I, I showed a picture of what my feet looked like because I kept banging that toe that had been broken. Oh, and, uh -huh. it was, uh -huh. and it was like, <laughs> everything was like black and blue on my, because you can't, I, my vision's not good at night. Uh -huh. And at night you're walking fast and I couldn't really see the roots. And I was in a, you all were probably on a smooth section by then, but I was in the <laughs> middle of the roots at night, and I must have just smashed my foot onto different. Because you, you know, you go along, and you don't see the root, uh -huh. and you just hit it like head on, a, a rock on the trail, and you're just like, oh, and you, you just know that it. wasn't good. Yeah, you're like, you know, that was not good. I'm not going to take my shoe off. I'll just keep going. Yeah. But then, yeah, the pain. Once you stop, once you stop, then that you know the pain is like, oh, that really hurts. Because mm -hmm. when you're going, you know, you don't really feel it. So who knows? Uh, you know, it was. I'll go do other adventures. You know, maybe another hundred somewhere. Uh -huh. But it is. It is kind of. Once you reflect, like Meg is saying, once you kind of think about it, it's like okay. You know, it didn't kill me. So, but <laughs> don't do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I have a mask on now, but but yeah, maybe once a year you would put yourself into that level of 
of hurt. Yeah. Not like those crazy people who are doing they it, do it every, every weekend. weekend. <laughs> no, no, that's not good for you. There's you only have going one on heart, there. you know, then you damage that. <laughs> I think the, I looked at the guy who finished last. Uh -huh. He went over the time, but they gave him a time. And he does one every month, I think. Oh, gosh. If that's you look so at his odd. ultra sign up history. Is his name Rick by chance? I don't know, but he, okay. every, I think every month. Yeah. And this is James, by the way, so we're. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, now that we're on you, James, what would you say is one big takeaway that you took away from Rimter River? Well, I've, I've done a few JFK 50-milers, and that's long, you know, marathons, you're, they happen so quick, and it's not that, you know, long, drawn-out thing like I knew this 100 was going to be. So I just wanted to set myself some, uh, you know, something positive to look forward to at certain times and stuff. So I knew when the moon was supposed to come up. So I, I you know, about that time of day, I'm like, or, or that night, uh, hey, I should see the moon here in about 10 more minutes. Just keep going and you get to watch the moon come, you know, or, or the sun coming up, all that stuff I had kind of marked, you know, where, where I might be when it happens. Or you Did know, you have a spreadsheet, would you say? I did not have a okay. spreadsheet. <laughs> but I was nerdy enough to look up the moonrise and what kind of moon, you know, was it going to uh -huh. be half moon, full moon? Of course, that didn't work out so well because we're down in this in the gorge, mm. and, and it come, came up you know, like two or three hours later. <laughs> so I, and I was with James, and he was promising me we would see the moon. That probably he, made you very frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Keep waiting for it and waiting for it. Yeah. So that I had used that a few spots in JFK 50 for different runs, um, and I learned that how much that helps on an even longer run. I mean, the sunrise, the moonrise, uh, just little things. Uh, I was hoping to see, you know, more of the gorge, which you guys, Ryan and Katie, saw a lot more in Meg than we did because we were in that whole area under the bridge, dark on the way out, dark on the way back still, whereas mm -hmm. you guys got to see a lot of that in the daylight. So we had to go back the next day <laughs> and walk around. Down. Oh, this is what the omelet. New River Gorge Bridge looks like, you know, because it was dark the whole time we went through there. But I learned that, that setting those things, like I knew as soon as it hit midnight, I was going to drink my first Coke, and mm -hmm. I never drink sugar or water or any, you know, low carb. So, so that got me to midnight, and then I said, that's going to keep me awake there. And sure enough, that first sip, I mean, it was like, it was like a drug going down and man i wish coke did that to me <laughs> by that well, time i'd had like eight red bulls <laughs> <laughs> actually i think i had two or three just right before pacing you just to stay awake well, I drank the, you can electrolyte all all day and all night and all the next day and that has no sugar in it uh -huh. but I, my electrolytes were fine but i was saving that sugar for mm. just and man that was that was worth of whatever 20 hours it took me to get to midnight <laughs> so i think just setting those little hey this is at sunrise was a really big one uh -huh. i remember that really well that's when There's we got something our, to look forward to that's when we got our pacers and that boom that's another thing it was all positive stuff i was uh -huh. looking for. and the beer at the last aid station mm, they told us on the way out that we were going to get one on the way back so that was still <laughs> that's something you don't forget <laughs> But that's, yeah, the, just the p p positive goals that you're going to reach at certain points. You know, uh -huh. Really, really helpful. That, and that's good because I feel like it's hard to stay positive and to think of positive things when you're, like, going into a hole at all. So to be able to remember the positive things is really good. <laughs> yeah, you were trying desperately to have 
me, you know, look at the beautiful sunrise, Katie. Like, this is so great. I was just like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure that you looking at, like, when you think back on the sunrise now. It, I'm it, sure was, that it you, was beautiful. Yeah. But at the time, I hated everything. <laughs> You're allowed you to, though. You weren't identifying birds and specific species. <laughs> no. I was thinking how much my butt crack hurt, and I didn't want to be doing it. There's a pileated woodpecker up on that tree. <laughs> <laughs> and so Brian, now this was not your first go at a hundred miler, but I feel like it was very different than any that you have done before. So what did you learn about yourself or about your running at Rim to River? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I had like one big takeaway, um, or at least not that I can think of now. Um, but yeah, I, I think you always learn something, um, something small for every hundred that you do, no matter how many you've done. Um, whether it's like nutrition or um, I don't know pacing or like little mental mental strategies. Um, so this one I I had some fueling issues um, and I got a little sick at the end, um, which I think is kind of typical. It's common. Um, so yeah, just little things like that. Um, probably not. Probably some more real food during the race not not as many gels and things like that so that was that that would be something um but not like a big takeaway now because you are a vegan so do you find it kind of hard to eat at races yeah sometimes um i try that's why i usually do gels and stuff like that just because i know that i can eat those um i did i i don't know i so i had pancakes at the last aid station just <laughs> and they they weren't vegan but um i just i was so hungry I, we had like five miles to go and i was just so hungry and the pancakes were warm and they mm. had syrup and it just kind of looked, looked, looked really good so i was like well i can eat a couple pancakes and, and it was it was, a good it was worth it <laughs> is that what got you to your pr do you think that from the last five miles possible. yeah it's so possible. pancakes are for PRs. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> possible. So yeah, keep that in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Katie, I think I remember we also had pancakes at one point at one of the aid stations. Oh yeah, they felt like a game changer. Oh, they were. They were. That was awesome because we hadn't had any, and I was just saying, man, I wish I had pancakes. I'm so sad. And then this just glorious aid station. It had like a beam of light coming out. <laughs> it of appeared it. out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't even have Christmas lights in the. Just, I just sort of said, do you have pancakes? And she said, we do! <laughs> she's like, what? And then she's, it was. I was happy for like five minutes after that. And then I was grumpy again. But it was really great for that five minutes. And so now we're there. So does anyone, I, I mean, I'll leave this up to anyone. Does anyone want to talk about the course a little bit? Because um, it was in the New River Gorge, which is also, uh, I think it was just recently designated as the first national park in West Virginia, which is really cool. Um, so does anyone want to talk about the course itself and things that you really liked or disliked about the course? I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everything was just awesome. I mean, that's probably why I signed up when Katie sent me the link. You know, I've only I've gone down the river in a raft, but just looking at the terrain of where that was, it's just a gorgeous area, whether it's day or night. You know, I couldn't like people do these hundred milers running around a track, and that that would not be appealing. So, so it's like going on a two-day, you know, weekend ex exploration on trails that I wouldn't even know how to find. You know, the race director, you know, probably spent like from reading his story, spent like two years just connecting all these trails. They were like his favorite trails, but you had to figure out how to connect them all. You know, so there's 
we were on the roads for these little stretches so geez it was like like great like why wouldn't you want to go do this thing so and it, it was like even though james was saying like some of the most scenic areas it was dark but that was kind of mysterious because you could see the bridge you know at, at night but then you go back the next day and you're like wow this and you look at it in daylight and it was kind of a neat appreciation that you're looking at it in daylight and then you're trying to rem you're remembering what it was like in the middle of the night so it was just so quiet all you hear is your footsteps out on those trails yeah, and so actually that uh, brings me to another question. So with COVID and the uh, races happening this year, um, what, how did you find that they um, sort of went about all of the different uh, restrictions and keeping it safe? Um, do you feel like, that, were you kind of separated from people? Did you see a lot of people throughout the race or were you kind of out there on your own? Does anyone want to answer that? <laughs> Uh, you didn't, I mean, at, obviously at aid stations, you would see people, and the aid stations did the best job that they could because ultra runners are used to just being disgusting trash pandas <laughs> that just reach into <laughs> bowls of food with their dirty, poopy hands. <laughs> and then you're just being, and you have to wait, obviously, because you have to be handed everything. And so it's a lot more work on the volunteers. So I definitely appreciate everything that they did. Um, and that was, that took getting used to for me running that race, was not being able to be a trash panda <laughs> 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 now was it sort of crowded did you like on the trail at all ever or did, were you like did you pass people or was it just kind of you were out there on your own or with a pacer and that was kind of all you saw towards the end uh, I would say it was definitely more uh, I saw less people um, at the beginning also there was light <laughs> so you could see <laughs> I guess we could see headlamps but um, there were a, quite a few there in backs it was uh, if you are trying to visualize what the course looks like, just picture picking up some spaghetti and then throwing it on a piece of paper <laughs> and just having squiggly marks everywhere is kind of what the course looked like. <laughs> so it was, there were a lot of there and backs and like little lollipops. So there were definitely opportunities to be able to see your friends, which was actually pretty cool because every single, you know, West Virginia runner that we had I was able to see at some point. So even though Ryan was hours ahead of me, I still got to see him and Michaela and still got to see Casey and Manuel. So oh. that was really cool that we all got to see each other. Yeah. And so, cause the course was, was it uh, out and back uh, or was it one giant loop? It was an out and back. Yeah. But then there were little like dog legs off mm -hmm. at various, most more in the beginning, the first half. Um, and so, Ryan, I did want to talk to you about your PR. So you had a PR of how many, how, how big was your PR that you had? Um, it was a little over an hour, I guess. So I finished a little over 20, 23 hours. Uh -huh. And so, so uh, do you think that having that big run prior to your uh, Room to River race, that that actually helped with that? Or do you think, because it was a totally different race using different muscles and everything. So do you think that that helped you? Um, yeah, probably a little bit. I think the big thing would just be the difference in the terrain. Um, so the, my previous PR was Grindstone, which is um, a little more climbing and um, some more technical sections. So I think just the, the nature of the terrain. Um, but yeah, no, definitely the run a month before was a, de a confidence boost, if nothing else. For mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. On the COVID safety, I think something like this made, like Katie and I have been trying to organize races and so they really did a nice job of staggering the start. But I, I kind of like, you know, you work in the hospital, you go to the grocery store. And I did the math. There were 200 runners 
spread out over 200 over 100 miles of trail and if you divided that by six foot distance i, I felt pretty <laughs> safe because <out> <laughs> that's kind of how it was right you start in these 20 person pods 15 minutes apart you know, I felt way safer there than any day at work or in town or picking yeah. up my groceries. Uh-huh. So I, I, it was, and you're it was, outside. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was probably the safest place you could be, you know, in the entire state <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that weekend. And so there were 200 runners? 200 runners, you know, stagger start over 100 miles of trail. So, uh-huh. And things get spread out pretty quick. So it was pretty safe, unless yeah. you did stupid stuff, you know, like <laughs> hugged and kissed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and now you had mentioned a hot tub at the place that you stayed. Now, did you guys get to utilize that after the race? I didn't, but no. <laughs> in the best of conditions, I don't like hot tubs. So. <laughs> James and I did the next yeah. day. The next day, it was awesome. <laughs> hey, you guys look like you were very relaxed. It almost I needed ha- walking sticks to get in and out of it. <laughs> he hot. James was able to hop in and out like a. You know, like a lifeguard. <laughs> I need, he's, I he's need not like exa- a two-person assist for your lift. He's, he's not exaggerating. He used my trekking poles to get in and out of the hot tub. To get everywhere that next, yeah. to the bathroom. Did you use those when you went to go see the actual New River Gorge as well? Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and I wasn't faking it. <laughs> I was in trouble. And so, a very important question. I mean, I know, Katie, you already signed up for one, but would you all do one again? Definitely. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I almost signed up for one already, but <laughs> I don't one? want it to cancel. Which uh, one? So I signed up for Eugene Marathon, which is the last weekend in April, and the Key West 100 Miler, I think, is a month oh. after that or maybe two months after. But it's where I could train for that one and be ready for it. And that goes from mile marker 100 to zero in Key West. And I'm from Florida, and I've been to Key West a lot, but I've never driven there. I've always flown there. So I get to see the whole road (laughs) from the road. (laughs) And now, what time of year would that be? It's, I don't know if it's in May or June. So it used to be, it used to be in like February, January, February, but now it's, it's, more in the summer mm-hmm. which it's going to be pretty that sounds brutal yeah. actually <laughs> and you're just baking in the sun i imagine pretty much but you can you know i kind of look i say hey that's cool you can run your your next goal is the next island you know oh that's yeah that is kind of cool and then you get to that island okay the next island where is it and the views are probably very nice yes yeah looks like it <laughs> and i'm mark well, that thing sounds interesting because I almost, <laughs> got, <laughs> He's go I almost got lost a bunch of times. And James actually <laughs> saved my butt because I went off one. And, yeah, if you get lost, it's bad, right? Because then, like, you five miles later, you're like, oh, I didn't see a flag. Mm. So James pulled me back. It was pretty early in the race where actually a number of people had taken the wrong turn. But that one sounds like it'd be pretty hard to get lost. Very <laughs> hard. <laughs> if you're on the, the key bridges, you could not get lost. And if you want to just, there are probably bars along in each of those keys. Oh, yes. So, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I would like to do 100 miles over like four days in France and the Alps and have like a bed mm. and stop and have wine and cheese. If they I could think call I know of a race, race where you can do that. And that's like called a multi-day hike. Yeah. Without a time limit. It sounds a little more appealing. Or maybe now that you've done 100, you could do TDG, 
right? That's like a 200 and some mile race there. Yeah, if I have yeah. like a summer. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fine. I've seen things like that. When I Make it a wine sample. Well, the Camino, what's it, the one in Spain? What's it called? The Camino? Oh, yeah. Uh, where you, t you, know, you can take as long as you want. Uh -huh. That 400 mile walk in Spain. And then that's like and a pilgrimage that they do, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Camino de Santiago, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. That looks cool. Yeah. I, I would like to go do that. Yeah, that we had a gentleman that came into the yeah, store, right? Yeah, I, I started looking it. up a little bit of stuff on that. And oh, just go he like planted whatever. the seed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he, it's like, oh, I can do that. And they probably have good wine there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, sangria. <laughs> <laughs> the important yeah. need, Sounds like you'll need those poles again. Yeah, you need the hiking poles. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? We'll see what the year brings. Yeah. Now, was there anything else that anyone else wanted to add in about their experience? or? Well, just... I tell you what, uh, the group, like I said, the tribe thing, mm. that was awesome. Yeah. We had so much help. Yeah. Uh, and it was so much fun. Just, I think probably COVID had a little bit to do with it, but it was more, you know, th this big team. We all went and we and we all finished, and but the, the just the fun of the group, even at the aid stations when we were all mm -hmm. well, except for you guys that were way out ahead. <laughs> So they would say, stay there and wait for us. And, you know, it's like 2 in the morning or something. I don't know what times we were at what eight stations. <laughs> but um, the, having that group together, that was, that was just a great time. Yeah. And having that extra day after to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, we did have an amazing crew. You guys were awesome. Yeah. And it was always just... It was such a boost to just see a familiar face and just know the you guys were out there supporting us for hours upon hours was just made you feel loved yeah. that was nice so thank you Sarah <laughs> it was a pleasure I had a lot of fun and actually I mean I was only there as a helper but I feel like the finish line was so refreshing because it reminded me of what races were and being at the finish line just like waiting for runners to come in and everyone was just kind of talking about their experience and cheering everyone on as they came through uh, and I think at one point there was even a gentleman who came through with his dog and he stopped right before the finish line to put on a pacer bib to his dog and then and then they ran through together and that made me want to cry and it was just really nice to be in a race atmosphere again and just feel the camaraderie and yeah, experience all that again, and it made me realize how much I actually do miss that. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of a, a nice little sense of normalcy for even if it was just a weekend. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, a nice, long, fun weekend. <laughs> Anyone else have anything that they would like to add? Oh, I got to tell my joke. What do you call a magic dog? A labracadabrador. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much to everyone for coming on and telling us a little bit about your experience. And hopefully the people listening can take something away and maybe inspire them to sign up for something they've never done before. Um, so uh, make sure to subscribe to us. And... Uh, on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, all of those different podcast things. I don't know all of the names of them. But, uh, and thank you for listening. And until next time, run for your life.
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much to everyone for coming on and telling us a little bit about your experience. And hopefully the people listening can take something away and maybe inspire them to sign up for something they've never done before. Um, so uh, make sure to subscribe to us and uh, on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, all of those different podcast things. I don't know all of the names of them. But uh, and thank you for listening. And until next time, run for your life. Your life. <laughs>